Because if you didn't document how you were feeling in the form of poetry, you wouldn't have maybe reflected on yourself in a way that you were able to go back and sort of augment that relationship that you have with your parent. Mm-hmm. And I just really love that you said this. It was always meant to grow. It was always meant to break. Come on, come on, child. another week i'm glad that you're here i hope you enjoyed my conversation with courtney last week if you haven't already please go get her book i'm really excited to be here with y'all another day i hope you're doing well if you don't know me my name is larissa denise and this is poetry is freedom I'm here this season to talk to you about healing. I think for me, this is a really important topic. I think it's so hard to get to a place where you can even be comfortable talking about what your healing journey looks like. But I believe poets have some really cool ways of describing what healing is. And I see myself on a journey of healing. I think it's easy to feel like when things are good or even when great things happen, that the journey is over, that the process is over, but that hasn't quite been my story. And so each week, I hope that you learn a little bit more about my journey And you learn from some amazing guests whenever I have them. And this week, I definitely have another guest who is going to talk a little bit about their experience and what healing has looked like for them. I'm really excited for you to hear my poem as well at the end of the episode. This particular poem has been really helpful for me and insightful you know, a deep dive into thinking about why healing is so necessary. So don't forget to stick around after the interview for a short little poem from me. But please, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jamie. Welcome everyone back to the show. I hope you are doing well. I am so excited for another amazing guest. She goes by the name Jamie Cooley. Everybody snap from your podcast, earphones, cars, whatever. Um, Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Jamie, for being on the show. I would love it if you could just introduce my audience to you in whatever form or fashion you prefer. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, my name is Jamie Cooley, and 
I started writing poetry in undergrad. I think it was probably my sophomore year. And I do research at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. And uh, yeah, I've just been writing poetry ever since that time as like really therapy. It, it was therapy mm. before I was actually in therapy, but I didn't know that at the time, but reflecting on it now, I think it was definitely my first like iteration of therapy. Mm. I love that. And you use poetry in your research as well, right? Uh, my research right now, I'm going into my second year. It's in the early stages, but I've been researching Instagram poetry a lot. Mm. And so I have been studying creators, looking at how they've used Instagram as a way to promote their work. I look at some of the bigger poets that started off on the platform, like Rupi Kaur. Um, and I don't really look so much at their like content more so how they present themselves online mm, mm. do you feel represented in the like world of instagram and poetry because you write your own things i saw that you had a website and stuff do you feel like you participate in the kind of poetry that you're looking at or it's more so something you're just interested in yeah not at all uh <laughs> which is something that i really want to dive into more uh, as I go into my second year um we do have like women of color representation but there really isn't an Instagram poet that I've seen that is you know a black woman or even like a black non-binary person I haven't really seen on the same level um as far as popularity of like mm. Ruby Core or like our Orion Carlotto so I'm interested in why we don't see more black poets gain super popularity in in the instagram space mm, mm. i i have a hypothesis that has something to do with like the nature of what it means to be an influencer <laughs> definitely <laughs> right and that like there are very you know the ways that black people show up as influencers is very different than other people um, and I think especially like Black poets just come from a tradition where like, we're just not really for the bullshit, you know, we're not up for the fanciful things. And so I totally, yeah, I'm so interested to learn more about your research and to see you progress in the program. Um, so today I asked Jamie to just share a poem that connects with the concept of healing You've already mentioned that for you, poetry was kind of like a primer for therapy, a first form of therapy. Um, and I feel like the poem that you're about to share really embodies that. So I'm just gonna give you some space to read the poem as you wish. Um, this is Jamie performing Sad Black Girl, I Wish That. I wish that my poems were happy. I wish that my poems were about a time in 2005 when we took a family trip down to the beach in Florida. I wish I wrote about the times I confided in you, laid my head on her shoulder when I was crying. I wish I wrote about the times someone's words saved me from all the thinking. I wish that I could talk about the overthinking and you all listen. 
I wish that I wasn't crying in the bathroom shower right now, writing another sad poem from a very sad girl. That I wasn't an empty human being, open hole where a heart used to beat. I don't think it's beating anymore, but anyway, I kind of wish it wasn't. Did that hurt to hear? Well, it goddamn stings to live it. I wish that I wrote about a funny memory. Us laughing on the porch, memories filled just like cups of soda. I wish I knew you, really. No, I wish you all knew me. I wish that my life wasn't built from my own two feet up. I wish that you saw how bad I was hurting. I wish I didn't have to mute all the text because my heart starts beating in my palm, palms start sweating, and I start thinking about how alone I am and how none of you really know me. I wish I could call someone on the phone right now, but I've been waiting for this call since 2018. 2018. When I was crying on the bathroom floor, tears dropped to the floor, I dropped to the floor, felt so sick on the fucking floor. I wish you all knew. I wish that I was more than just a sad girl crying right now. A sad shower on a Sunday when I have a paper to write. I wish I could go to sleep at night. I wish the melatonin wasn't the only thing that held me in the night, but I know it will tonight. And it's so hard to complain when everybody thinks your life is so perfect. No one sees you down. No one sees you hurting. No one sees how bad it hurts when you fall and no one is there to catch you. I give it all up. Every shallow accomplishment I've achieved to stop being the strong black girl society thinks I am. I'm just flesh held up by two shaking sticks, no ego. I could collapse any second. Not really. Let's talk about all the black girls who fight so hard for their own respect in society just to be diminished into a body type, a pair of lips, a sassy soul. That's not us. Let's talk about the black girls who can't speak about mental health. Stand in white figures do all the mental health advocacy. Black community reigns hushed when I scream, I need help, I can't do it alone. Let's talk about that. Emotions buried so deep under this thick skin that I'm accustomed to growing thicker and thicker by the year. Black girls are sicker and sicker, do you hear? Let us be the face of mental health advocacy. Maybe I wouldn't be holding a gun in my gut right now. And it's like, but every day is a blessing. So come help me right now. Bible shoved so far down my throat, I'm choking. Does this get your attention? Now you got an angry black girl writing an angry black girl poem or you'll read it as such. Hurting black girl poem, or is it a sad black girl poem? I'll be the judge of that. I don't even care. I wrote this poem to hopefully save a hurting black girl's life because we need help too. That's it. Deep breath, deep breath. It's a lot. It, it is a lot to unpack at that one. So how long ago did you pen this? This was in 2021. Uh, I was actually still in my master's program. I was in the last year of my master's program. And yeah, this was a really weird time in my life. Like, I think we had been in the pandemic for a year. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everyone together started, we started thinking about our own lives more deeply and our own selves because we were basically just stuck at home thinking, mm -hmm. I feel like. And I was just thinking about my relationship with my family and like my, I started realizing that I really did have some mental health struggles that I didn't even before, like have the words to explain. Mm. And yeah, no, I was actually, I literally was crying in the shower and I wrote this on my phone. I usually write my poems like on the spot on my like notes app on my phone so I just I wrote it all in one take and then of course I've edited a little bit uh throughout the year but um 
it's mostly in its original state and that that's just kind of the like state that I was in I was like I, I really do wish I was able to like write these happy poems and talk about all these great memories but the more I reflect about my past there is a lot of negativity and a lot of mental health struggles and that stem from family familial relationships that I hadn't addressed before so it it was it's just so much and then also going back to what we're talking about about not having that proper representation Mm -hmm. um of like in the black community I felt kind of let down by that because I'm like why aren't we talking about the struggles that we have as far as mental health uh at least like in my experience it was always just kind of like well that's just kind of life that's what happens it was always a little bit nonchalant and I'm like I feel like something deeper is like going on Mm. um yeah and at the time I really did feel like this like empty human being and I'm like I, I don't even feel like myself anymore so um that's where that came from and then it just got to this bigger point where I was like I I maybe somebody else will read this and kind of relate and not feel alone yeah I am really struck by what you're saying about visibility and about feeling like you are represented enough so that you can show up as yourself fully. Um, I've heard you say, you know, a couple times now that we really don't have as many representations in pop culture on social media in particular, people doing this kind of work through poetry in particular. Have you encountered writers, poets, who are not on the internet, right? You know, your Nikki Giovanni's, your who, you know, whomever you you might have read without the internet that have made you feel like you were seen. Uh probably the OG, Maya Angelou, I think, because uh I have a collection, I have a book of hers. It's a collection of her writings. Uh also Audrey Lord, I feel like. Um, uh, yeah, I there are very small creators that I've encountered on like TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of on the for you page where the video has like three likes, and I'm like, well, this is actually really, really good. Uh, it needs more exposure. Um, yeah, I can't think of her name, but I did run into a creator on TikTok, and she was talking about her relationship with her mother. And kind of like, I feel like we're never going to be on the same page uh, with like just being open with one another. Um, But yeah, on the larger scale of the internet, I haven't run into that yet. And off the internet, a friend of mine kind of has a little bit of a similar experience. Um, And we talk about that sometimes. And that's kind of like a safe space where we like we'll FaceTime each other like even in person kind of talk about our experiences Mm. yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense I mean a lot of what you describe in the poem to me sounds like these ruptures in interpersonal relationship you know like the the poem to me it is talking about a need for 
healing and health to be a part of a larger conversation, a larger discourse, but that at the heart of it, there are these intimate moments where we're not talking and that there's a collapse in communication in the interpersonal and that it doesn't have to be just we have leaders that are raised up or influencers on the internet that are raised up. It could also just be that I feel at home and at peace with the person sitting in front of me, the people that I encounter, and that it seems like, you know, the Black woman even that you meet can be that space if we would talk, you know, and I feel the urgency in the poem to talk between each other, to talk to each other, and that that alone can be part of a healing and restorative process. And so I'm wondering, after you wrote this poem, what do you feel like has been, you know, your healing journey since that moment in the shower? Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to go back for a second and say I really do. Yeah, like the urgency of wanting to connect with people like if we take away social media like you're saying um we could connect with one another in our own community if we were just not so afraid of talking about this because it, it really is intergenerational trauma at this point of like things that we've gone through that we don't talk about and we're like well that's just life and we have this pessimistic outlook and I really want to make it clear that I'm not saying that, okay, every time we hang out with people in our community, black, other Black people, let's be sad and talk about this. But I do feel like we should have, we should leave that space to right. feel open and, and feel like at home because we're already marginalized in a way in society and that's its separate thing. So like, how can we not also be like, feeling isolated in our own community um and my journey since then uh I I feel like I haven't written a poem in a while and I I think it's because I am generally content these days I'm like happy um and, and it's so weird because I feel like yeah like when I write poetry it is really that space where I'm like I'm going to write dark things and I get this out. Mm. Um, so I haven't written as much as I used to. Um, I used to write all the time, um, like on the train or any, literally anywhere, but I've definitely since then worked on just being like a happier and healthier version of myself and like really trying to uh get to the root of my issues and I did that through like uh traditional therapy I ended up I think maybe six months later after this okay seeking out therapy um and that's been super super helpful um and yeah I guess these days I'm just chasing contentment instead of happiness I feel like my version of happiness is being content every day and mm. I feel like that's just a really good place for me to personally be in. Um, and I also don't sit so much with that darkness. I've learned to sort of 
feel the emotions that I feel in certain moments, but also step away and, you know, try to ground myself, whether that's through reading other people's work um, or just doing something that I enjoy doing. Like, how can I step away from this darkness? Right. Right. I love that. I'm really grateful and glad that you were able to find some external assistance through therapy because it is truly, it can be really helpful, you know? And I do also want to affirm and validate for our listeners too. Like, I think there are some people who are in the position maybe not even just by choice, but even by circumstance, right? Finance or, you know, political, social, whatever other reason why they may not be able to access therapy at this time. I do think that there are so many people who find even the act of writing restorative and helpful. And to your point about not writing as much since you've been content, you know, I think <laughs> I have, I have a, a few friends of mine who have kind of written themselves into their own health, right? There's this cathartic aspect of writing, similar to one of the reasons why therapists talk so much about journaling, because there yeah. is a brain dump, there is a release, um, and one of the important things is being able to understand where your brain is at and the thoughts and ideas that you're wrestling with. And what, what I have heard is that when you're able to write through those things, it becomes concrete in a way that you can look back. I'm sure you're looking back now and saying, wow, I wrote this poem in 2021, but here I am in 2022. And look how I've changed since then. Look how I've grown since then. And I think with poetry, that can happen. With journaling, that can happen. If you're any other form of creative, you know, I, I remember not too long ago, Fantasia was talking about how she was tired of singing songs about men not doing her right. And she felt <laughs> like, you know, she couldn't get forward in her relationship to, with her husband because she was singing these songs about this one place in her life. And people were resonating with it, but she wasn't anymore. And so I think I, I love that aspect of learning what happiness means on your own terms and saying like, I, I'm learning to be okay with this emotion and that emotion today is contentment. And maybe tomorrow I'll find joy somewhere. And then maybe it'd be contentment again, you know, but not trying mm -hmm. to not trying to put ourselves in a position to dampen or dull how we actually feel, but to live it and to do it and to come to a language of understanding, right? I think that's another thing that I see in the poem, right? Is like, you got this Bible shoved down your throat and your friend and your family not listening. Like they're the... For me, the contrast with advocacy is like, we need to bring a language to this feeling, this expression, you know, you refer to it as intergenerational trauma, right, that could be a, a word, um, but in general, finding ways to say, am I sad, am I angry, am I just, am, 
am I just living in a world that is full of pressures and evils that I'm just resisting? Like, what is the language? Because naming the thing, I think in and of itself can bring so much clarity. Yes, I, that's so important. And going back when you said some people don't have the resources to go to therapy, that is super important. Um, my PhD program is actually what allowed me to be able to seek that out. So I think that's just super important to acknowledge um, and finding those creative outlets. That, that's why I think writing is so important, um, especially for the Black community. And like taking that energy and turning it into something creative is, yeah. is so helpful. Um, yeah. And going back to what you're saying about the language. Yes. Because growing up, I always felt like I, I was in this, I was in a household that was uh, uh, kind of a difficult household, I, I guess. And at the time I was like I kind of feel down but why like I, I there there were no words like we didn't have the language and it's definitely progressed since then but uh there there just wasn't a language you couldn't talk about it in my household we couldn't talk about emotions mm. I would be shut down every time I'm like okay I'm not happy I didn't like that you said that and just immediately shut down mm. and so I learned to just suppress that but having the language around how we're feeling is a huge step. Um, and it can also stop, you know, outbursts because sometimes sadness can be channeled into anger in the outside world. So mm -hmm. if we can kind of, yeah, just find the right words to talk about this. And I've, I definitely think, social media helps with that um like because people are really open to sharing about themselves online mm -hmm. and so like for me if I see like you know a black person talking about like their childhood and how it affected them or you know struggling with like how to express themselves I'm like oh that's that's relatable so I think we're getting better about it, but I think there is a part of us as a community where, at least for me, I feel sometimes like, okay, I shouldn't express that because good things are still happening in my life. And it's like, good things can happen and you can be grateful and also address the fact that in the moment you aren't so happy. Um, right. So. Right. I love that. I love that you were able to receive resources through a avenue, an avenue that we rarely think about as, you know, one that can be helpful when it comes to health. You know, so many people think about the difficulties with healthcare and being in a doctoral program but you're absolutely right. Like having resources on campus and even through like your network, being able to connect with a provider is so necessary. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally agree with that. And I, you know, you were talking a little bit about your home experience. 
one of the things that I've learned as I, similar to you, started writing poetry in high school, also was dealing with trying to put a name to what, what I was feeling. Um, I feel like one of the things that has been the most helpful is even, even for me being able to go to therapy, continue to be creative and write and do poetry and all kinds of things, getting names to stuff, and then being able to go back to my family and, you know, reconcile, like, I was feeling this, or I have been feeling this, and I didn't know how to express it to you then, but this is what it feels like to be me. You know, this is what mm -hmm. I was feeling when I was this age, or, you know, and I remember having a really amazing conversation with my father about some of those things, and it was so healing for me. It was so healing for me because one of the things that people joke about a lot with therapy is, oh, you know, the seven-year-old me, the four-year-old me, the three-year-old me. And it, it can be comical to be like, oh, there's an inner child in me. But yeah. <laughs> when, we when we think about, you know, when we think with intention about how we become who we are, right, there is so much that we carry and there is so much that, that we need to feel precious in the world and to feel loved and to feel seen and heard. And when those needs aren't met in the way that you desire them, they can become things that you just carry with you. And so I remember you know, the conversations that I've had specifically with my father being moments where I was really just like, wow, language is so helpful like I was literally like thank God for growth like for 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 an expansive vocabulary because sometimes people don't even know how to reckon with what you're feeling when you can't express it um and I think a part of what you talk about in the poem even is like this you know I can't do it alone Right. I need help. Yeah. I, I can't do it alone. And I think that was one of the most helpful aspects of trying to have those intentional conversations um, and express where I was coming from, how I was feeling, and even, you know, expressing where I was with my mental health at the moment. And those things are hard, but I believe they've been a part and a a huge part in a larger process of my healing. So totally, totally agree with trying to work on that language. And that's why I love poetry because I think poetry gives us very beautiful representations of language, right? Mm -hmm. Only a poet can, you know, turn a word into something you've never heard before. So that is also why I just truly think poetry is such a powerful medium. Yeah, and I liked how you said that going back and talking with your father, it was restorative for that relationship. And I, from what you said, I interpreted it as if you didn't document how you were feeling in the form of poetry, you wouldn't have maybe reflected on yourself in a way that you were able to go back and 
sort of augment that relationship that you have with your parent Mm -hmm. and I just really love that you said restorative because it just shows the power of poetry and how it's such an emotional art form that is in my opinion necessary yes yes you know that is a great point for me to ask you you know (laughs) what do you think about the title of my podcast right so I, I call the podcast poetry is freedom and I actually came up with the moniker poetry is freedom when I was in high school and I it was my first time going on Instagram and I was creating my account and I was trying to think of a name that represents me but wasn't like my name and at the time my friend and I created a spoken word poetry club and I was like you know what poetry is freedom and I just came up with it and that was my Instagram handle but over time, you know, I think it has found new meanings for me, but I want to ask you, you know, what is your reaction to the phrase poetry is freedom? I also love how you nonchalantly are like, yeah, we created this really cool poetry club. (laughs) Like you kind of shrugged that off. It is really cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a really great name because it is freeing. Like I was saying, I could, write a poem talk about these dark things and then step away from that so I'm free of Mm. sort of like how I was feeling I'm free of that darkness whether it's temporarily or maybe forever because some things I feel like like I'm over over and other things I'm still kind of working through Mm. uh daily weekly monthly um so I I do feel like poetry is freedom I mean there are certain, you know, like techniques with poetry, but really you can just kind of write whatever. Right. Like it doesn't have to rhyme. You can make it rhyme. You can speak it. You can never say it out loud. It's really whatever you think. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it as an art form. Uh, for me, when I write a poem, it's spoken word just automatically because in my head I'm reading it as such Mm. and I'm always interested in how people read my poems like to themselves because Mm. in my head there's definitely a certain like flow I have even with the poem I just read and so I wonder how other people interpret that or like take certain phrases that I'm using and how how do they apply that to their own lives and like how does this help them? Do they see it the same way that I see it as the writer? And so, yeah, in that way, I feel like it it's such a free art form because you can interpret it any way and make it apply to your life. And it doesn't have to be exactly how I wrote it to be, if that makes sense. So, mm. um, it, yeah, it's like, it's liberating and it it's such a free art, art form. I love that. I agree so much. I agree. I love the, even the way that you described other people taking up your work and seeing how they feel represented, right? It's, 
it's almost like one of those really important moments where you are what you dreamed of, right? Because here you are saying, I didn't see on social media a representation that I wanted. And here you are creating art that someone can then go take and feel and see themselves and write themselves into your poem. And that process, that cycle of art, I think is, it's what we do it for. It's really at the heart of being a creative, being an artist, being a poet. So I a thousand percent agree with that. I love the word liberation in this context. I think I think that's what we're all looking for, right? We're all looking mm-hmm. for we're all looking for getting free um, and freeing ourselves and freeing others. And there is so much that we can gain from being able to choose when to put the thing down in the poem and throw the throw the paper away, so to speak, and and move on mm-hmm. from that chapter and start anew. And whether that's doing it through writing it or saying it at a poetry slam or whatever the thing is, I really, really love this art form because of that power. And it's, you know, I'm biased. To me, it's the one to do it. It's the Mm -hmm. one to articulate that expression. So I'm just really grateful It has been lovely talking to you. I am so grateful and honored that you would share um, something so personal and intimate to your experience and your journey with healing. I think, especially with poems like this that capture a moment that is so dark, so personal, it feels like you can be opening up a a wound again. Um, so even you being open to sharing it is, is in and of itself something to be grateful for. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have you. Please Thank let you. us know, you know, where else we can find you, other things that you're up to, anything else you would love for the audience to know, or where else we can find more of your poetry. Uh, you can find my poetry at jamieacooley.work. My website is where you can just find everything that I do uh I'm not huge on social media which is funny because I do study it but uh I don't really use it all too much but um yeah all those links are also on my website but yeah thank you for having me and um yeah it was great talking with you thank you it's been great talking with you too I am so happy that we had you on and I'm going to make sure to put the link to your website in our show notes so people can find you really easily. Thanks so much. Yeah. Y'all, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jamie. They were so fun to talk to. Um, so I normally would have a few f- reflection questions for you to think about how to go about writing this week if you are in a rut and you need some creative inspiration or if you're not even a creative professional 
or poet or anything, just points of reflection, even if you just want to journal about them. So I have three questions for y'all. The first question is, how are you different from the person you were raised to be? And this can be, of course, in positive ways, in negative ways, neutral ways. I think a lot of what we were talking about today is really bringing yourself back to your youth and thinking about how that informs who you are today. And so in that same vein, my next thought is write about the hardest conversation you could imagine having with a family member and remind yourself you deserve to be loved anyways. This is real for me. I think the idea that you deserve to be loved anyways is not because a family member may not believe that you are lovable, but because we often tell ourselves that when we have to have difficult conversations that we are a problem or that we are making things too difficult or that our needs are unnecessary, that they don't deserve to be addressed, should not be addressed. And that's a lie. That is a lie. Another question I was thinking is, at what point did you realize you do not owe anyone a former version of yourself? What does this mean for the future? And I hope you really do think deeply about what that means. I think I may even use some of these from my own journaling, to be honest with y'all. Like I promised at the beginning of the episode, I will share a poem as well. And this one, this one is one that I really love. And I hope that you enjoy it too. It's called, Ain't We All Lost? Dear Mama, I do a lot of stuff in the dark to save myself time from turning on the light. I bump around on things and set my pupils in the black. I know how to get to most places in my home in the dark. How the hallway curves and where I forgot to sweep up the crumbs. I leave the lights off because it's just easier. And ain't that the thing I'm afraid of? God throwing me into the darkness where I'm supposed to know where I'm going. I don't know, mama. Ain't we all lost? I talk about the end of me as much as I do the end of you. I like the sound of what if and the tremble of eternity. I think you made the wrong choice sometimes. Wasn't it darkness that come knock on your door when the angels song you to rest? No, I think it should have been me, God help me. 
I like to think about why you loved me, and I think about how long I spent with you. The nine months of darkness, but with you. Warm, feeding, whole, safe, dark. We only had darkness, Mama. I'm walking in it. I look just like you. They always said that in church, and they sang about darkness, but they never said your name. They just said resurrection. And I've been waiting for the darkness to form ever since. Why did God make the dark? It only exists because of the light. And ain't the night just as powerful as the stars themselves? I'm speaking now, listening in the dark. Using my phone to write to you somewhere past the darkness, I can't picture your face without thinking about that time. The time I dreamt you were holding me as a toddler and your sweater smelled like peppermints. You were thin and tall, strong and wise. I listened to your voice and smiled and your collarbone felt like granite. You breathed slow and talked real low to me. I would listen to you sing until my eyes faded into the dark. And I felt safe in the dark, warm in the dark, whole, me and you in the dark. to serve as your host. I am Larissa. If you would like to follow the show, head over to Twitter at Poetry is Free Pod, Instagram at Poetry is Freedom, TikTok at Poetry is Freedom. I also have a personal Twitter account, Larissa underscore tweets. You're going to find, of course, a few poetry things, but also academic things, fun things, Black Twitter things, all the things, Blackly Black Black things. And of course, if you want to learn more about the podcast or you want to read some of the poems from last season, read some of my poems, head over to poetryisfreedom.com. And if you like the show, if you want to show love, if you want to increase my viewership, if you want to support me, leave a review and have a great day.